0: Is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the warrior spirit right
1: there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked
0: off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Touchdown Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. I am not
1: kidding. Yeehaw! Welcome back to another episode of the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. I am your host Andy Prophet, Joined as always, Jack Reed in Adelaide. G'day mate. G'day. And I've got Alistair Lloyd once again with me in Melbourne. Uh, another g'day. special another special edition uh oh, special inclusion rather on the panel in today our second episode in our guest series guys just quickly if you have subscribed and liked our videos on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, thank you if you're new welcome on board uh, please guys remember to take this time right now just to hit the bell and the thumb it does make a world of difference for us uh, on our joint journey and we appreciate you today's special guest is the co-host of the ever fun and informative locked on charges podcast a big Padres fan, an even bigger Chargers fan, lover of all things San Diego sport, and the newest friend of the show. Hit it, Jack. Ladies and gentlemen, the deadly, the dangerous, David Drogamai. Oh, David! Make a cute David. I know I'm sexy, Drogamai. Go
2: I've got the looks, David, David try. The
3: mood doctor oh, removed. Really oh yeah, I said chill now up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy, toy. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm
1: not your boy, toy. I'm boy. I'm your boy toy. I <laughs> oh oh my
0: god. <laughs> that is the most epic thing I've ever heard, and I'm going to make sure that I get the audio so I can play it before every time I start talking on Locked On Chargers. <laughs> that was awesome.
1: <laughs> you are welcome, man, and welcome on board. It's great to have you. Thanks for taking the time out to join the three of us here. Um, Absolutely. Mate, we'd love just while we're getting started, we'd love to little know a little bit about your Chargers story. So start us off. How did you become a fan, Dave?
0: Yeah, well, I mean. Uh, For people who don't know, I'm born and raised in San Diego, and you know the Chargers were in San Diego for fifty plus years, and so it's just really something I was born into. My whole family were Chargers fans. My, you know, my family has been in San Diego for a long, long time. So pretty much since the Chargers became a franchise, you know, our family has been rooting for the Chargers, and it's just been a, it was a hometown thing, it was a family thing, and you know, I followed the Chargers ever since I knew what football was. You know, that's you know probably five, six seven years old, my mom was taking me to games and we were watching games on TV and it was every single Sunday and it was life like that. That was just a huge part of of kind of the fabric of who our family was. And so the Chargers have always been an important thing in my, in my family. And and now I'm fortunate enough to have the ability to, you know, talk about the Chargers as a profession. So it's really been a a crazy uh, maturation process.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's yeah, beautiful story. Similar to sort of how a lot of us grow up watching our Aussie Rules stuff, and you know, you just you you're born into it, and it's just in your blood. And um, yeah, like you said, you know, the doing it professionally is, you know, uh, talking about it professionally is um, is incredible. So on that, um, you you started out about sort of seven years ago, I think you were doing Chargers Domination Live or something like that with uh, Daniel Daniel Wade, and then you moved over to moved over to locked on charges. I did a little bit of my homework. Um, how, so seven years about, about that all, all up, how long did, how did you sort of get to team up with Daniel? What's the, um what's the connection there? Yeah.
0: So, you know, we both were working for a guy named David Frecker who had his own website. It was called San Diego sports domination. And they basically just covered all kinds of San Diego sports. It wasn't just your professional teams. It was your indoor soccer leagues. It was, you know, your, 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 uh, you know, minor league hockey, it was just every sport, you know, uh, law enforcement team, whatever it was, if it was a sport being played in San Diego, it was covered on that website. And I had wrote, read a couple, wrote in a, a couple of char- chargers articles for David Frecker and Daniel, uh, was the guy that was also doing some article stuff for him. And we kind of both actually, uh, went up to David and we like, Hey, you know, we kind of want to do a podcast under, under your banner, kind of utilize your website that you've already created, and kind of use that platform as much as we could trying to, you know, kick, you know, kick off the ground and try to get started. And, you know, uh, it's funny, you know, David was like, hey, you know, I got another guy that's actually trying to do the same thing that you are. And, you know, hey, why don't you see if you guys have any kind of chemistry? So we really just... Uh, got together didn't know each other never met um and we just started talking about the chargers talking about what our visions were for having a podcast and how we wanted it to be kind of inclusive with the fans and we wanted to be able to have a lot of fun and and, you know also be serious enough to give good information and really it didn't take long to figure out that daniel and i had some very good chemistry together and we just took a little bit of time to figure out kind of the roles and the right roles for the show and when we did Uh, things really took off after that, but, uh, yeah, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of love, a lot of passion to make it work. But, uh, man, Daniel is a absolutely phenomenal podcaster. He's very intelligent, very smart. He's the conductor of our show. And, you know, definitely we could not have the success that we have without him.
1: Oh, look, there's, there's two of you in it and you both contribute. Um, like we said, we've watched a a fair bit of your stuff um and yeah the chemistry you guys have is is great that's that's why i sort of wanted to know what your backstory was just to (laughs) get an idea of kind of secret sauce yeah Yeah. the the herbs and spices
0: preparation Um, man i mean before we start recording shows like it's not we don't just show up to the camera and hit record and go no it it doesn't happen that way you put your hours in you do your research you have quality rundowns and you have a script so you don't go off schedule and you want to stay on time and that really helps you obviously with sports fans guys you know if you don't have correct stats you're going to get eaten alive so you got to do your research do your preparation and then have fun man we're talking about Mm. football like Mm. this is the best sport in the world you got to enjoy it and if you enjoy it the people are going to hear that uh every episode that you put out
1: yeah oh for sure yeah couldn't agree with you more um on our side of things have have you ever crossed over the The Pacific and come to Australia. Have you watched any Aussie Rules football or highlights packages, excluding the the last twenty four hours when you've been cramming to not, you know, come unstuck from some of our uh, our little Aussie fooleries? But what sort of impression is our our sport or culture, if any, sort of left on you, and how does it differ to what you're sort of used to?
0: Yeah, so I unfortunately have never got the opportunity to travel to Australia. It is definitely something I would absolutely love to do like it's something on my bucket list for sure ever honestly ever since I saw Lord of the Rings and saw that I was shot in, in New Zealand which is you know very close to Australia I was like man that place is incredible like the the scenery is unreal it's almost like how do they have places like this on earth that uh, have such so, have such incredible beauty it's just something you don't really expect and you know they, there's pockets of that in the United States as well but it's just different, you know, it's, it's a different kind of beauty out there. So as much as I I would love to, I have not been yet. Um, I actually, you know, I haven't really had much experience, uh, with the Australian culture, but, um, I have done a podcast with, you know, guys from Australia. It's also, it's called Aussie guys NFL. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not, but I was, I've been a contributor on their show a couple of different times and um, I just love the, honestly, you guys just have a bunch of fun. I mean, that's really the, the biggest thing yeah. I've taken from the culture is you guys really love this. So that that's kind of what I brought from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, I mean, we've sort of a handful of episodes in and it's it's really important finding that balance between providing good content and talk about, you know, not sounding like you, you barely pay attention to the sport or you're not taking mm-hmm. anything in, but also like keeping the tempo up and having jokes and breaking it yeah. up and Making it entertaining because you need you know people to keep listening to you. So that's what we're you know we're just we bring a lot of um of our own personalities and our culture into into our show. And So yeah, we're, we're glad that it's um contagious. It's good stuff. Well, thanks for thanks for those uh, little bit of an intro into you, and I'm I'm sure we'll get more out of you um as we go on. So just get stuck right into what's going on with today's show. Uh, yeah. We've had the the mini camp happen since we last spoke last week, so we'll catch up on. New stuff coming out of that. We'll have a look around the AFC West and see at this time of year what's going on with the the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Um, We've got the return of fan-favorite Knife or Spoon, where we'll uh, have a look at uh, the Chargers off-season, past and present. And following up with that, we've got Dave's Hot Take segment, which I'm not going to spoil any of the fun uh, intros or segment names for that. And we'll finish off with the classic TDU Aussie quiz. Jack, my friend... What's been happening in the news?
3: The news, the news, the news. Here we go.
1: All right. So mini camp's just finished and the the team's about to take another five weeks of holiday before we get stuck into training camp. Dave, tell us, mate, is there anything that's sort of stood out for you in the OTAs as well or the minicamp itself? What's What's your biggest impression coming out of the, the last couple of weeks of Chargers activity? It's just been the excitement level around
0: the team from the players. That's the biggest thing, and, and that's kind of manifested itself through the the performance and, and the attendance of these guys. That's the most important thing. In years past, you know, you had guys that didn't show up to these voluntary workouts, namely Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa has always done his own thing with his brother, uh, in Florida, Nick Bosa, obviously another fantastic pass rusher in the NFL. And he kind of has been in in that routine. And so for him to stop what he was doing and join the rest of the team, I think is the biggest indication of how excited these players are and how they feel the difference. They feel that this is not the same chargers team. They feel that this team is very close and that if they come together uh, and they take every, every opportunity to come together, that they're going to be able to do something very, very special. And I think that's really the biggest thing that I've learned is, you know, we know that the, the chargers players have the buy-in of Brandon Staley and how he runs things and his culture and his identity. Um, but the biggest example of that is everybody showing up at workouts that they don't have to be at. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me.
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. I um, I'm going to jump on the back of that. Actually, I've just got some notes in front of me. But the, the biggest impact um, that that I got out of listening to the press conferences was we wax lyrical about Staley on here quite a lot. I'm a huge fan, and, That's and, and, he's and God, th- <laughs> well, all praise to the altar of Staley. Um, you know, my background being a teacher and being in education, I just think Staley could be. He could run an education department. I think he could. He could run a bloody country. The, the culture Absolutely. and the way that he speaks about teaching. He talks about player driven programs. He talks about vets helping vets, helping rookies. He talks about, you know, this whole idea of backwards by design. And, and what I'm that's a bit of a teacher term, but it's like, okay, what do we actually want out of these mini camps? Normally in yeah. a traditional system, it's just like, you know, the rookies come in, they might get a bit of a hazing. It's all about, you know, figuring out the systems, getting yelled at, et cetera, et cetera. and the vets go, you know what? I've already done that. I don't want to be a part of it. But it seems to me, as as you pointed out, Dave, Bose is there, Max there, all these guys. and 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 it seems that uh, another thing that I noticed that Joey Bos is kind of going, oh, you know, mm-hmm. should, I'm not the premier pass rusher in the in the team anymore. i've I've actually got some competition. so I, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and the buzz that you get from every single press conference,
2: that you hear is
3: is is great. So,
2: um, Al. Uh, I'm going to pivot and talk about the other kind of messiah on our team, our dear quarterback, Justin Herbert. And he's just broken almost every record in the book these first two years as a quarterback. Everybody's understandably excited about this guy. He's a short price favorite to win the MVP. And then he comes out to the podium and says, you know, how's your off season? I need football is his response. (laughs) You know, I've had too much time off. That can be a burden for me. You know, I prefer to watch film and all that kind of stuff. And when you hear him talk about that, it really gives some insight potentially into why he's had such early success in his career to date, why he was ready to step in at a moment's notice against the Chiefs in his first start. He puts in that time. He loves football. And to hear him talking about how, you know, now he's preparing himself to use the cadence more, all this kind of stuff, that football 202 stuff that Lombardi's trying to teach him. It's just really exciting to think about what he might achieve in year three and year two in the system. Don't forget. He's never had two years in the same system, right? Going all the way back to college. So that's Mm. my takeaway. Justin Herbert is ready to rock and roll.
0: Ah, I cannot wait to see what Justin Herbert is going to do this year because you're right. He doesn't have to learn an entire new offensive system anymore. He knows the system. Now he can take a look at what worked last year, what didn't work and he can try to incorporate some of those things into his game. And I think you're going to see a much more efficient version of Justin Herbert this year. I think you're going to see less touchdowns and higher completion percentage this year. I think you're going to see probably one of the best versions of Justin Herbert that you have seen yet. Justin Herbert has shown year over year that he is a guy that learns from his mistakes, Mm. and he gets better, and he does not repeat those same mistakes. And also, it seems like... This year at the podium, he's a little bit less robotic. He's a little Mm. bit more human because his rookie season, he was so PR by the book answers like, oh, God, that's a great question. Uh, I'm just like, Justin, please show us your personality. We want to know who you are. We don't want to know what the PR 101 handbook tells you to tell us. Show us who you are. And I think as he has been in the league a little bit longer, we're starting to see more and more of who Justin Herbert actually is.
2: Well, Dave, rumors abound he might've found some love in his life. So who knows? Maybe it's just loosened him up a little bit <laughs> at the podium is feeling more comfortable as we all do, you know, The, the Amen. Birds are singing.
1: Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Um, just for me, I think, uh, I, I, I see the, the way that the, the team is sort of gelling. I see it. The, there's, a real sense of magnetism like each of these guys that comes in are their own magnets and if you ever had like uh, a plate let's say with a, a few little magnets if you put them together they end up attracting to one another and they become one big magnet and that's the the feeling that i'm getting like when nick bosa told joey hey you guys just sound signed khalil mac bosa said i gotta go work out like you know <laughs> let's let's Cut the fun is, that is I always true? do every mm. every offseason. Is. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was the oh, first
0: question. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah.
1: Yeah. I going to get a fortnight and go hang out with Mac. Um, yeah. So like these guys are bringing one another to the to the building. It's yeah, it's such a different experience to see as a fan um, this offseason than it has any any other. Uh, I thought the the mini camp sort of defense versus offense challenge was really fun, a really mm. healthy, uh, competitive streak between the two sides of the ball that we have. Um, I'm absolutely stunned. They let Brandon Fayhoko tee off on the on the turf. Um, that divot was like T-Rex's footprint in Jurassic Park. No, no. <laughs> but at least at least the big man had the foot big enough to uh, replace the bit of turf in one sort of st- uh, stomp. Um, interested to see Zont. Zont dropped a couple of uh, balls in that first to five catches comp. Not obviously not taking it seriously, but just observing it. Mm. Um, I think he needs to sort of hopefully shake off any of those concussion issues that he went through last year and, you know, really blossom into his second year. We're going to be expecting a lot out of him, um, even with the the new guys that we're bringing in. Um, I think that helps him
0: a lot though. I mean, it it, it takes a lot of pressure off of Asante Samuel Jr. Because last year he was pretty much the number one corner for the Chargers. And now Mm, it's JC Jackson. And that's clear. That's understood. JC Jackson is going to take, the opposing number one wide receiver away he's going to tra- travel with him he's going to take him away so asante samuel jr is going to be covering a lot of number two and number three wide receivers so i think he's going to have a much much better year this year
3: yeah yeah I, sure. I agree and and i'm gonna speaking of pressure um the one thing that i haven't seen too much of or haven't heard too much in in my research or what, what we've gotten through our socials is um the offensive line group um and now I'm going to give a shout out to Michael Peterson, who, who puts up some fantastic articles from Bolts from the Blue. Um, a couple of days ago, he put up um, the where charges sat in PFF's top 10 offensive line rankings. And we're just outside that. We're, we're, we're sitting at number 12. So we're just outside that number 10. Um, and it's a really short article. It's It's really to the point. But we know where this is going. We know what's going to elevate this offensive line to a top 10. And as the article states drum roll it's none other than our basketball playing friend who got drafted in the third round a mm. bit of a reach but it's Trey pipkins so a bit
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, come um, on now yeah, I know. he's a bit Do of you even a bit know a bit of who that a was word. in the yep. third round. Sioux Falls. Where yeah. the hell is that? I mean, come on. Oh. Nobody. You're, had right, you're
2: telling us, man. We do our best to a college football. On a previous episode, they've only had one player drafted. It was some kicker in 1984 or something. So, yeah, we were as surprised as you over here Ponds. across the pond. Unbelievable.
3: And I mean, but, you
2: know, he does
3: he does, he does, does say that I think in 76, 76 pass rush snaps, I think it is around that number, he only lit up three pressures last year. So very small sample size. Is he going to take the the starting job from Storm Norton? Last week, I said that I think Storm Norton's got, um, at the moment, has that position. But let's see what happens after this five-week break. Um, he has been working with Slater. We touched on that. Uh, Pipkins, that is, last week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. Mm.
0: After me, 60 yeah. pressures and nine sacks given up last year by Storm Norton, it, you have to cycle every single potential right tackle in that spot in training camp to figure out who it is. If it's Storm, Absolutely. fine, but you cannot just give it to him. He's got to earn it. Oh, the okay. best player has to show up. And for trip hipkins, those, those 76 pass blocking snaps that's what gives you some hope. It gives you some excitement, but also you have to have the perspective of the player you saw before that, which was an absolute train wreck. A guy who got taken <laughs> off the of special teams who got taken off as an extra blocker. Like they, they couldn't even have uh. him on the football field. Didn't even didn't even trust him to do simple tasks. Now, he's worked with Duke Mannyweather here in the offseason. Let me see it on the field. I want to see the improvements in your game. Show it to me. And if you earn that spot, great. Take it. But that's what you're going to have to do.
2: Got to take it. I I think it's worth mentioning a couple of things that Staley touched on as well. So just in terms of individual players who are impressing so far, he gave specific praise to Mark Webb. I think Mm. we might find if he wasn't injured last year, he would have spent a bit more time in that money position or playing star So, because he's a bit bigger and maybe can hold up against the run. So I expect we see a bit more of him perhaps this year. He also gave a special praise to Nazir Adderley, who we're all hoping, I think, take that next leap this year. He showed signs of improvement last year. Maybe he can actually start catching a few of those interception opportunities. Uh, And Jalen Guyton looks like (sighs) he's kind of taken that step and maybe he's cementing that wide receiver three type of, of position. But I think the thing that surprised everyone coming out of Staley's lips, including the journos, was uh, referring to Derwin James having had labrum surgery over the offseason. Did anybody know that? I don't know. I uh, No well, idea. Certainly no. I, did, no idea. But what do you think about that, Dave?
0: Yeah, I mean, it just shows you the type of person that Derwin James is and how much he cares. And I, I've had labral surgery before, and mm-hmm. and it sucks, man. I, you can't really raise your arm uh, above shoulder length. So, I mean, I think a couple of those interceptions that he, he didn't you know, bring in that hit him mm-hmm. pretty cl- you know, much in the hands. Yeah. I think we can give him a little bit of a pass for that, but just shows you how incredibly tough this guy is. And, and football players in general, these guys all play hurt, guys. I mean, people yeah, out here man. listening, yeah. people out here watching, they're always hurting. You know, there's something, no matter what it is, they they suck it up. There, there's a lot we don't know about, but this just, like I said, shows you the character and capacity of Darwin James, as Brandon Staley likes to put it. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that was not going to miss any time from injuries after the last two seasons. You would have, you know, have to break his arm and and, and break his leg. You're gonna to have to do something catastrophic to keep him off that football field because he's that leader. He wants to lead by example. He wants to show his teammates that he loves them and cares about them, and that is by going out there and playing the best type of football that you can in the condition that you're in. That's why you love Derwin James.
3: Ooh,
1: yeah, couldn't have said uh, it better. You know, myself. the the surgery was in Feb, so he's obviously just they're just working him back in. What was your recovery like from the labral surgery? Yeah. So, month, I mean, I, here, I definitely or? was in
0: like a shoulder sling for about four, I'd say four months, three to four yeah, months, right. Okay. but I tore my labrum and my rotator cuff. So I don't know if oh, that was exactly yeah, the man. surgery for him. Mine was a little bit yeah, different, yeah. but I think it took me probably about eight to nine months before I had my full range of motion back and I still have some strength issues, but also, you know, Derwin James is a professional athlete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has access to the best medical teams, the best, nutritionists the best uh you know just support staff in the world so you know he's going to be able to come back 100 and hey that's part of the reason why you're seeing such a high attendance at these voluntary workouts is because the players trust that they're not going to have to do too much out there they're going to mm-hmm. get some good positive workout in they're going to get on the field but they're not going to do anything to where they're going to compromise their season before the season starts
1: Yes, that's, the, that's everything we go to bed at night. Just please, please get through. Every day, just please get through. Please get Don't through. make
0: me bust out the bubble wrap.
1: <laughs> it's a bit like that. All right, we'll move right along now to the, uh, the AFC West rivals. Uh, Dave, is there anything from uh, any of the three teams that you've seen that's sort of standing out in particular?
0: Well, I mean, I think you have to pay attention to the Broncos now. Uh, I mean, now they have a legitimate starting quarterback, a guy who – you know, isn't an all pro, a a fantastic deep ball player, but also a guy who will take some chances and he'll throw it up. And so I think there's going to be some opportunities against him, but the Broncos have a legit defense and they have several young wide receivers to catch the football from a very good quarterback now. So you have to respect that. Although I do think it's going to take a little bit of time because they do have a new, a new head coach and they do have some new systems. So we saw what that did for the chargers last year. It took some time for them to get comfortable and confident to go out there and execute their game plan. So for that reason, and, you know, the Raiders as well are in a similar boat there with a new head coach and new offensive systems. I know, by the way, the last time he was a head coach was an absolute disaster with Josh McDaniels. So we'll see if he's grown at all. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to believe because he picked the Raiders as the team that he wants to be (laughs) the leader of. And that organization is, quite frankly, trash. Uh, and they have been, you know. You can see it, FTO in, baby. You know the things that they've made, you know the <laughs> the the players that they've drafted, uh, the coaches that they've hired, <laughs> Gruden. Um, they've had a lot of problems, so mm. they have talent. You definitely have to respect that. They got Devontae Adams, they got you know Chandler, they have Max Crosby out there, they got Darren Waller, so they have some weapons. But they're gonna have to show it to me. So, yeah. with that being said, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill. From the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still the cream of the crop. They're still the king of the hill. And the Chargers are still aiming to take that throne.
3: Yeah, I touching on, you know, you just touched on the the Chiefs there. I was trawling through the the Chiefs fan websites and things and looking at all these quotes. I mean, you know, take what you will from all these places and it's all yeah, this of sort course. of puff, puffery, really. Right. But yeah, it, it really seems like they've gone for a wide receiver or Tyreek Hill by committee replacement. Talk yeah. about yeah. it you know, MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and Sky Moore. Um, you know, the Andy Reid calls the the mandatory mini camps a passing camp uh, because that's when I guess, or he's using the time uh, with, with Patrick Mahomes to build up that rapport that he clearly had with Tyreek Hill um, with these other three receivers. So I, I don't think we're going to see one receiver or one of those three really dominate like a Tyreek Hill, but I think they're looking for that money ball approach. They're looking mm-hmm. for the, where can we get the same amount of production Perhaps across those two or three positions, um, nobody scares so me I,
0: out of that group. I'm sorry, nobody no, like Tyreek no. Hill.
3: I mean, oh, I mean, okay. Valdez Scantling has had Rogers been throwing into him, him for the last number of seasons, and he exactly. still really hasn't hasn't done anything.
1: He still so, drops them,
3: is what he does. still drops them. <laughs> um, and 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 Juju, Juju's Juju, uh, Sky Moore, I really liked coming out of yeah. uh, the draft. Um, I, yeah. I, I would have loved to see him with us, but.
2: Yeah, that that that's the that that was the Chiefs. Um, Alistair, anything from you, mate? Well, on your money approach, the Chiefs are the only team ever who've selected four picks in a row that PFF had as yeah. the next best player on their big board. So it's almost like they're drafting off the PFF big board when they've gone with McDuffie, Carl Loftus. A lot of positive talk around Carl Loftus, apparently dominating um every snap. So that defense may be a little more talented, but whatever, we we've got him covered. Um, yeah. it was interesting to see Tyreek Hill. Making those comments that he did about you know two of versus Mahomes, please, please, oh my God. give me a spell on that one. Uh, so
0: get out of here with that, man. I, I cannot believe that. When I saw that, I was like, okay, the, I understand you're trying to pump up your quarterback, bro. But let, let's be real. I mean, no one's These two that. are not even on the same planet. They're not in the same universe no, as far no as way. throwing the deep ball. Get out of with that it's, nonsense it's
2: Agreed. embarrassing
0: it's just embarrassing
2: it's when someone comes out and says that yeah uh, and then the other thing you touched on dave about russell wilson he's a brilliant quarterback we've all yeah. seen him be it's super stuff he is is there any more corny human being in the united states though i swear with uh, broncos country yeah. let's ride What's with the se- oh, what's with the sex- sexuality in his voice? <laughs> let's ride. Let's ride. Ride. It's Too, can't m- wait too to much uh,
0: spending, too much time with this with Sierra. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I'm sure I think you're right. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, I have no idea that that guy is super corny. I don't think he understands that or has the, like, oh. the situational awareness to like to feel that. It's like, oh wow, that was horrible. Why did I put that up? But hey, that's Russell Wilson for you.
1: Yeah, Very true strange, just, like so on, just
2: like on the field lacking situational awareness exactly yeah. well we <laughs> hope we hope we see Mac and Boza crushing him a few times this year that's all from me oh, it's and
1: a- Andy anything um on your end uh just a couple of little things so um Nick Bolton from the Chiefs apparently is going absolutely ham at their uh, their camp he had a pretty good rookie year Got a pick, good. uh took yeah, a, uh took an interception in seven on seven um he'll probably replace He's touted to replace Anthony Hutchins as the Mike linebacker, so an increase in his role. And on the defensive side of the ball, obviously Vic Fangio's out and a hero has uh, come in. He's sort of implementing a similar defensive system to what Fangio's had, but I still think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains with new terminology and some subtle tweaks that um, hopefully sort of aid us. I can't remember exactly where we've got them maybe six weeks in, but the growing pains, I think, for the Chiefs will be ideally a perfect recipe for us to make good on what happened in week 18. Yeah. Um, on the yeah, defensive side of the ball, former third round pick Michael Ojamudia has been a standout, um, doing some great things for the Broncos. So that's all from me. Um, um, I've got
3: one more thing fire off. Because I love to go family, trust, and respect. Uh, I was trawling again, trawling through the the uh, the Raiders uh, fan sites, and I came up to a mailbag, and there are a couple of questions on there. And the last question of the mailbag was, "What's the offensive line of the Raiders looking like?" And this was this was this is quote this is verbatim: Uh, "Lots of fluidity and interchanging pieces. (laughs) Versatility will be the common thread. Desire to have players play all over the line." And that was it. And I don't know about you, but that's code (laughs) for it's a fucking hot mess. (laughs) Yes. That
0: sounds like I have no idea what the hell is going on. I don't know who's going to play where. Let's just figure it out.
3: (laughs) I thought that was very, very good. That is awesome. Let's
1: yeah. hope. Let's hope Josh McDaniels does in Las Vegas what he did in Denver and pretty much walk into the building with toilet paper hanging out the back of his pants, lit on fire, and just leave a trail of burning shit through that building. Oh, head yeah, over, beautiful. head over into the desert and oh, do the yeah. same thing and just shit on that organization. <laughs> that'd be that'd be gold. But that is just that's really good stuff. I like to read that that's from beautiful. other teams and not yeah. us. Yeah. Jack, mate, what's the next segment? What do we got going on? It looks like we have got our famous knife or spoon. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> a
3: knife. You call that a knife?
2: This is a knife. That's a knife.
1: It's not a knife, that's a spoon.
2: All right, all right, you win. <laughs> I see you've played knifey spoony before.
1: All right, and welcome back to. Another edition of Knife or Spoon, charges Off-Season, Past or Present. This famous game that we've developed, uh, Knife or Spoon, we look at good things or bad things that have happened in, you know, past or present of Chargers Off-Seasons, and we give the good things knives and the bad things spoons because less sharp, blunt, you know, that kind of, that kind of deal. Uh, we're going to go around the order of Dave, Jack, Alistair, and then myself handing out our knives and spoons as we see fit until... The four of us run out of cutlery. Dave, fire us off, mate.
0: All right. So I'm going to start things off by giving a knife to Brandon Staley, but it's not going to be any knife. It is a K-Bar combat knife because I am an Army veteran here, so I had to give some of that flavor here for immediately investing significant resources and improving the quality of the players on the offensive line. That's drafting guys like Rashawn Slater, bringing in Zion Johnson, Hi, you know, Brendan Hymas, Jamari Sawyer, and then signing yeah. fantastic players like Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer. Got to give you the K bar. Fantastic move by Brandon Staley.
3: I love that. Proper weapon, the K bar, too. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. I have got a baby spoon that possibly could be upgraded to a knife and a fork, depending oh, on the outcome this year. <laughs> Just bear with me. Now, if I read out these players' names, tell me that these aren't good first-round draft picks. DJ Fluker, meh. Jason Verrett, pretty good. Melvin Gordon, not bad. Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Derwin James, Jerry Tillery, uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, Justin Herbert, Ray Sean Slater, Zion Johnson. I am giving a baby spoon that possibly could be upgraded in the next year to a adult knife and fork, to Tom Telesco, uh, he is a bit of a whipping boy on many charges podcasts for for his past ten years. But to be honest, if I was listening to the uh, to the um, the Ringer uh, NFL show, and they actually had Tom Telesco sitting in that seven to ten GM spot of of their top ten GMs, so I have never heard Tom Telesco mentioned on a, on an external podcast with those type of analysts. So um, I guess where he's still spilling food everywhere and throwing avocado on the ground is in those mid rounds where where he really where he really struggles. So Tom Telesco, you've still got a little baby spoon, mate, but we could upgrade to the to the big boy knife and fork if depending on what happens this year.
2: Nice one, Jack. I'm going to give out a lovely Middle Eastern scimitar. It is going to cut through anything and everything. And I'm handing it to now number three, Derwin James, because we've had no contract holdout talk. There's been no Melvin Gordon stuff. Mm. He, he rightfully would want to get paid. And rumor has it that those negotiations are taking place behind the scene, which is great. But he's not a distraction at all. He's a leader. He's there at minicamp and OTAs, despite the labral surgery that Dave spoke about so elegantly. So I'm handing a beautiful scimitar to our leader on the
1: defense, Derwin James. Nice. Very well deserved. I'm going to give my first spoon today. Uh, technically, this this is situation of, uh, dearly affected uh, Chargers offseason. Uh, in 2020, I've decided to award my first spoon, an absent spoon, to the Miami Dolphins. Now, before I explain why, I want to <laughs> express... Guys? Um, I think I know where you're want, going with this.
2: Go on. <laughs> I want to express the
1: purpose for my choice of spoon. And if you're unfamiliar, an absinthe spoon, while handsomely decorative in its design, is a slotted spoon used for, you know, disturbing the sort of mist in the absinthe. And useful for that. Uh, it's a pretty useless <laughs> variety of spoon on the whole. I've chosen this spoon for its ordained look because the dolphin's drafted to a Tungavailoa. And ironically... The Chargers wound up drafting a much better-looking quarterback from Oregon with the very next pick. Thank you very much, Miami. We love you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's
3: a good one. That's a great one.
1: Oh,
0: I love this. Okay, so my first spoon here, and, and this one's a very specific. You, you said a baby spoon, but mine is a Gerber baby spoon, okay? Ooh. So I want to be Ooh. very specific here. Gerber baby food, little spoon here, and that's going <laughs> to Tom Telesco. <laughs> for signing linebacker Donald Butler to a 7-year $51 million oh, contract yes, after yes. one decent year and then let me emphasize decent how dare you that's why you get this Gerber baby spoon tom
3: yeah absolutely shocking signing oh geez i can't remember that uh my next one i have a set of spoons actually i have more spoons than i do knives uh this is a set of 11 spoons with the first two being full size, really nice. One of them being made out of gold. As we go down, each spoon gets smaller and smaller and smaller for nine. So you've got two plus nine, which is 11. And perhaps you know where I'm going to here, but I'm giving a huge spoon. I'm giving this set of spoons actually to the Chargers organization for not re-signing Philip Rivers on a one-day contract so he could retire a Charger. I think the way... He exited the organization. Was absolutely disgraceful for a for a guy that gave his heart and soul. Thinking of a guy, Dave. You're saying Justin Herbert was very robotic on the stand. This mm. guy used to pour his heart out, and you could Amen. see it. And I and I think it's disgusting that the Spanos's, which I'll get to in a spoon later, have not done that. Or Tom Tom Telesco, a legend of our uh, a legend of our um, team. I think it's disgraceful. So charges eleven spoons
2: for you. Love it, Jack and I wholeheartedly agree. I had a a spoon to give out to that thing, so I'm glad you beat me to it. I'm going to now move on to handing out a little tiny teaspoon because it may develop into a bigger spoon, but at the moment it's only a teaspoon, which is Jerry Tillery and the optics around his initial absence from the OTAs, which just stunk up a little bit. It looked like he'd cracked the shits that they hadn't exercised the fifth-year option And he wasn't happy they'd signed Morgan Morgan Fox. And it's just, I don't know. I think the optics around that, no good. Come out and lead by example. And why it's only a teaspoon, because he did eventually, I know, after he'd taken his uh, kind of lumps and had a cry in the corner, he's come back the next (laughs) week and, you know, now he's here at OTAs. So it's a teaspoon, Tillery. You'd better play well this year. Fair
1: play. play. (laughs) All right. Well, you've sort of touched touched on this before, but I'm not going to not give out this knife because my philosophy is slightly different. Tom Telesco, to you, I actually present a 14th century Yamashiro Taki. Uh, it's, ta- <laughs> it's taken a minute and while no draft is ever perfect or off season for that matter, as I'll reflect upon later, this variety of long sword predated, predating the renowned Katana was crafted in the Yamashiro school from the now Kyoto prefecture in Japan around the 14th century, 15th century. Typically, this school uh, crafted its swords uh, on the demands of the aristocrats. So uh, far more emphasis on the aesthetics of the sword, practicality not really emphasised. That was until a domestic conflict around the end of the Haiyan era. Pardon me if I get any of these words wrong. Uh, which <laughs> saw a shift around the practicality of these swords um, and which was emphasised far more than the above looks swordsmiths from all other schools across the land would come to Yamashiro to help craft these weapons. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that the needy aristocrat is Dean Spanos and the domestic conflict was the move to LA and the swordsmiths are the incredible free agents and draftees that are coming to play for this football team, but I kind of am. Telesco's been gifted by the draft gods, allowing the likes of guys, Derwin James, Rashawn Slater, and it's an early days call, but Zion Johnson to fall to us in the middle of the first round. Obviously, I'm ignoring Good and bad picks from his past. Like I said, took him a minute to get where he where he's getting. But the fortitude to not blow future draft capital or players off the roster to climb up to and grab these guys, to sit there, be patient. The relative maturity growth is the reason why I'm giving Telesco this this knife. The way that he is assessing and approaching his drafts has improved dramatically in recent years. Sir, you craft the sword, you deserve the sword, Samurai Telesco. Very nice. <laughs> I like
0: that. So I have several other ones I want to use, so it's very difficult to figure out which one it's gonna be. But I think I'm gonna go with giving a spoon to Anthony Lynn. But it's not just any spoon here. This is a ladle. I'm giving well, him a <laughs> ladle so that he can drink himself to sleep after insisting the Chargers trade up to pick Kenneth Murray and also calling Justin Herbert a backup for, for a reason. Reason. Oh. go to sleep, Anthony. Get out of here!
3: Oh God, that, that's that's a great one too. Um, I'm giving my first and only knife out now, and it is a giant meat cleaver. I love using a meat cleaver in the kitchen or a cleaver. It provides a bit of a, a spade <laughs> to get your uh, to get your veggies up and put in the pan. But you know what a meat cleaver also does? It cuts through bone and marrow. It cuts through muscle and fat tendons and veins. Khalil Mack, baby, I've given you a giant
2: meat cleaver. He's just cool. He- <laughs> <laughs> and, an, and an amazing He's cutting through quarterbacks this year. Ooh, <laughs> yes, boy. All right, I've got my last one, my final spoon. And I'm going to look to the country of Greece, where historically as a gesture of hospitality, a guest to the home would be presented with what's called a spoon suite. Or in Greek, Glico tu Koutaliou. It's essentially a fruit, a fruit preserve that sits on various spoons. You might have a jam. And, you know, it's kind of taken as a gesture of hospitality. Well, in this case, I'm going to lay out all these beautiful Greek spoons in my house. And then I'm going to invite Dean, Michael, AG, and John Spanos to my house. But I'm going to replace the traditional preserve with dog shit. <laughs> And then serve it to them, Billy Madison style. (laughs) And that's what they deserve for the decision to take this beautiful team away from the city of San Diego and to the city of Los Angeles. And recent data is in that it's not looking like it's working that well for them. They've had to pay a $650 million relocation fee. They're a tenant in the Rams Stadium, they're dead last in operating income in the NFL. They've got the fourth highest debt to value ratio in the league. And of course, they're now embroiled in this family dispute with Dee, the sister, alleging breaches of fiduciary duty and misogynistic behavior. In her lawsuit, she claims that the move to LA has proved financially ruinous. So I know they've tipped in a lot into their brand and their imaging. And look, the NFL's a big business and you get handsome returns on the TV revenue. So no one's saying they're going out of business, but... Were there more profitable options out there if they came up with other ideas like the Raiders have done by moving to Las Vegas, seems to be working well for them. Instead, we're a tenant in the Rams stadium and geez, we've got Herbert who's going to need to be paid soon. And we've seen with recent quarterback deals, you've got high guarantees. They're going to have to put that money in escrow somewhere. And will they have the $200 million to put in escrow? Who knows? So you get spoon sweets but it's replacing the preserve with something a little less tasty, the Spanos family. That's my
1: final one. Excellent. All right, gents, I've been a little bit cheeky for my last spoon because technically it wasn't the off-season when this occurred, but the opportunity was too good for me to pass up. I'd like to present a a cocktail stirring spoon uh, to the Chargers 2020 medical staff for puncturing Tyrod Taylor's lung in that unforgettable moment in the warm-up at the start of uh, our Week 2 game against the Chiefs. And, uh, as as beneficial as it was, it's still a, a horrific uh, breach of the Hippocratic Oath that they all would have taken to do no harm. Careless, careless uh, professionalism. But wait, there's more. Like I said, I certainly don't mean any respect to uh, disrespect to Tyrod Taylor. Nor do I think what happened was was funny. But I'm going to take that stirring st- spoon straight back off the medicos and replace it with an aptly selected stainless steel supported, sterilized surgeon scalpel for the way this incident transplanted Justin Herbert into the starting position under center. We've never looked back. Well said.
2: Awesome.
0: All right. So I do have one more knife here and I'm giving it to the Chargers scouting staff and it's a Swiss army knife because they nice. showed that they're ready for everything and they're not going to leave any stone unturned. And that led them to finding an extreme talent as an undrafted free agent by the name of Austin Eckler. Oh, so kudos yeah. to the Chargers scouting staff, Swiss army knife for you. You guys, phenomenal find. He's been one of the best running backs in the NFL since yeah. he has put on a Chargers uniform.
3: 100%. I have my last one and this is a bit of a history lesson. I'll try and make it as succinct as I can. I'm giving an Imperial Russian Fabergé mm. spoon. Oh, out And if we don't know, Fabergé is a Russian uh, jewelry house that creates some of, or has created some of the most expensive uh, jewelry no- known to man. Famously, they create eggs. They were a famous house, they're a famous company that the Tsars used right up until the Russian Revolution in 1917. Um, very famous among the Nicholas II, who was the, the last Tsar. Uh, before he and his family were executed in a basement after the um, after Bolsheviks took power. The reason why re- revolution happened in Russia, very succinctly, was that their, the reigning class were disconnected from their, their fan base, let's say that. Uh, they were feel they were poisonous regime. They didn't care about the proletariat. You can kind of see where we're, we're going yeah. here. They identified themselves through excess and extreme wealth so this imperial Russian Faberge spoon is going to none other than Dean Spanos, as Alistair has noted in the, the recent uh, issues with some some strange deals and some fiduciary um, uh, lack of responsibility. This is all setting up like Russia in 1917, baby. The revolution's coming. Staley's there. Take your money and run, Dean. Time. <laughs> Some for some new ownership in the charges. So massive imperial Russian
1: Faberge spoon to you, sir, and that's it. I reckon that's that's a great call because they did warn Nicholas II to get out, and mm. he didn't listen, and he ended up losing his head. So one hundred percent, Jack. Now we're going to move on to probably our most special uh, segment of today's show, Jack, mate. What is it? Here we go. Well, Dave, this is
3: yours, and I've got some more music for you. Uh, this is a little bit of a request from you as well that I've managed to fit in, so here we go. Just remember the five Ds of dodgeball. Dodge.
2: Jump. Dive. 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 Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and...
0: Dave? (laughs) That's right. We are going to be going to this new segment, and I am going to be hosting it. Dodge, dip, dive, and Dave here. Basically, this segment is all about me throwing out some crazy outlandish takes, and I have to get these gentlemen to not agree with them. And if they do, then they are going to be out of the game. So I have, let's see, probably about 10 or so of these hot takes that I'm about to throw out. So let's get it going. Starting off with you, Jack. <clears throat> okay. The first Remember one it? is Derek That's Carr right. is the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you've you've thrown that,
3: and that has gone straight out the window. That has gone straight out the window, and it's hit. And what it has? Done you haven't even had to duck that. It's such. So, I haven't, such an I haven't even had to hit it. It's gone out the window, and it's hit a small child in the head, knocking oh, that child man. out. I completely disagree with that. Hot trash, Derek Carr. See you later. No, I've I've I'm laughing.
0: Speaking of little kid, he looks like the little kid from Toy Story. I think we can all agree. Uh, Uh, The next one here, Andy. I think you are up next here. The Chargers aren't going to win more than seven games next season.
1: Uh well, yeah. I'm gonna dip right out of the way of that one. Uh in years in years past, you would have hit me square in between the eyes with that uh that ball, Dave. But look, man, um it's it's really hard for me to see the, uh, the win column sub sub double digits. So move right along, brother.
0: Very nice. Hit Very me nice. With that. All right. Alistair, you're next here. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay bucks will miss the playoffs this season.
2: You've hit me right oh. in the stomach oh. Do you know wow. I mean? because I actually hate Tom Brady I've got this <laughs> I've, I, I'm so biased I have such antipathy to the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> that I think this is the year the floor falls out and Brady shows that he's actually an elderly statesman a gentleman and it's games past him so I'm out of the game because I've actually been hit by that dodgeball I don't think the Bucks are going to make the playoffs I'm out of here <laughs>
0: All right, okay, one down. I didn't know if that one was going to hit. Okay, all right. The next one here is, Jack, Justin Herbert is going to have eight touchdowns of 50 yards or more this season.
3: Oh, Oh wow. Uh, Oh, that's hard. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I've done? Is... I have caught that dodge ball, so Alistair, you're back in the game. Oh, thank okay. you very much. <laughs> Alistair, back in the game. Oh, right. I have, I have, I have caught that dodge ball, and I think that he will have eight touchdowns of fifty yards or more. But I'm going to say that's in the plus column, so okay. I'm going to say he, he's going to have eight or more. Okay. I think. So I think. I think that the buzz with Jalen Guyton coming out uh, and Mike Williams on a big contract. I think there's going to be more than um There's going to be more than Mike Williams on those long touchdowns. So I'm going to go, yes, he's going to. He's going to be a deep ball guard. I like this, All man. Just right. changing it.
2: the rules up as we go. I'm back yeah. in. Thanks, buddy. You're back hey, th- th-
0: this is a game. We can do whatever the hell we want, okay? Yeah. We are the ones running the show here. All right. Next one here. This one, I'm not sure how this one's going to go because this one's kind of personal to me specifically. And it, it, I think it's, we're going to Andy now, right, Andy? All right, Andy. So mustard is one of the worst condiments ever created.
1: Oh, ever created. (laughs) I
0: hate mustard. Mustard Mustard is one of the worst condiments ever created.
1: I've got to disagree with that. Uh, And and I'll make it a little bit
0: easier by saying that it it, it doesn't have to be in. it, It has to be not in your top three, top four condiments. Okay, there you go. It is not a top four condiment ever made. Let's revise it to that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, So if I say yeah, it's not in my top four, then I'm out. I I don't. I I think it is. No, 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 you're you're in. You're dodging. If it's not in my top four, Just answer the question, Andy. Do you like mustard (laughs) or not? (laughs) I do, but I I don't have it up there. I really don't. It's all right.
0: Very good. Yeah. Okay, Alice. Special next one for you. (laughs) <laughs> this one might be a, a little bit painful, but okay. it's going to make you think a little bit. Mm. Keenan Allen will have less than seventy-five catches for the first time since two thousand and sixteen.
2: Mm. Do we know how many he had off the top of our head last year? It's close to a hundred, right? Over, over, I, yeah, over 100. I believe it was.
0: Uh, yeah, I believe it was over a hundred. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I'm going to dodge that one. I still think Keenan's going to be a productive member of this uh, receiving core, and even though maybe he had some issues with the drops last year. I still don't want a pitcher living in a universe where he has less than that number of catches. So I've swerved that one, Davey.
0: All right. This one's going to be interesting, Jack. I think you might have to think about this one just a little bit here. We have the Bo Mack brothers now, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, that are going to be coming after quarterbacks all season long next year. And I am telling you right now that I think Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are going to combine for 30 sacks this season
1: get the tissues out
3: oh (laughs) my
1: god yeah
3: um i think i have i have tried to dodge that but being the big man that i am i've popped a hammy and (laughs) i've injured myself and as i'm going to dodge i felt it go bang and the ball has then hit me straight in the nuts so i'm (laughs) out because oh, I think I think that I want to live in a world where Joey, where Bomac get thirty. Sacks. Bo so I'm done. Yes. I'm done. I'm out. Sorry, boys. Oh, I popped a hammy right. and got hit in the nuts. I'm done. Hey, Man,
1: you're the team player. You got you got Lloydie back. Uh, Al back in the game. Uh, I'll try I to do you to proud, it. man. Get the, ice, get, the, get the ice on those nuts.
2: Don't don't save me. I'm done.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not sure how this one's gonna go over here, but Andy. Rugby is better than football.
1: Not, not at all. Not at all. Not, I, at all. Know, <laughs> not, not even, not even close. I'm going to dodge that so hard. Um, we got, we got two, two big sort of brands of uh, rugby here: union and league. One's a gentleman's game for thugs, and the others a thugs' game for gentlemen. Oh, our, it. our, our Aussie rules football is aerial ping pong and hard as nuts with incredible athleticism. Same as the NFL, football's better than rugby. Get out of here.
0: Got it. Let's play, play on. All right, Alistair, come on Dave. This one, I think, I think we might might have to get you out of the game here with this one. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. We will see here, but it is that Brandon Staley is going to win NFL Coach of the Year this yep. season.
2: Right in the nose. You got me. I didn't even get my hands up. It was such a good <laughs> throw. You've just hit me straight in the head. He's going he's gonna to win coach of the year, and the Chargers are going to go on a deep, deep playoff run. I'm happy to be out on that one. I'm gone, which leaves wa- only one player in the game. Andy,
1: Sorry. help us it out. It.
0: And I'm knocking him out with this one right here because I think all of us want to see this one happen, and it is this. This is finally the year that the Chargers will lift up the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in franchise history.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I've gone to check on my fallen comrades on the dodgeball field. <laughs> I've, I've turned my back on you, Dave, and you've got me right in the back of the head. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to deny it. Let's hoist it. Let's lift Let's it up. Let's do this. It Dave is Rims. We put it out there. We put it out there into the universe. It will. It will come back. Congratulations on your win in this game, Dave. Thanks, mate.
0: I think oh, we all won fun. after that last one. So <laughs> it was a pleasure. I think so. What a fun game, man. I appreciate you guys uh, introducing that. And, uh, man, that's something we, got, I mean, we got to try to steal that for our show. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. That was, that was a ton of fun guys.
1: Well, it's technically your IP. So, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. A, your just... IP, and you, and you can use the song
0: too, if you'd like.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll, man, we'll get that, that for you great. too. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for organizing that. And, um, on a comedic level, coming to the party. We knew you would. So, that yeah. Was awesome. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's time for our last segment. Uh, Al, what do we got going on here, mate? Well, every time we have a guest, as you know, listeners, we put
2: them through the ringer with our Thunder Down Under Aussie quiz. And Dave, I'm sure, has been scuttling and researching all the best he can about our fine country after seeing Kyle gonna fail. <laughs> last week. But it's still hard. It's a difficult challenge. And just so you know what to expect, Dave, there'll be two sounds that you're going to hear. Jack, what sound will he hear if he gets the question correct? The correct sound is. And if he gets it wrong, he's going to hear this. Mm, Now, last. (laughs) There'll be nine questions. We'll each go around asking you. Last week, Kyle managed to get four correct questions out of nine because we gave him an extra point because Andy fluffed one of them. Didn't know how many states there are in our own country. That's okay. We forgive and we we forget. So we're going to have nine questions. Good luck. Best of luck, Dave. We're actually going to start with Jack, who's going to put the first question out there, followed by me and Andy. Take it away, Jack. Okay.
3: What natural Australian landmark has its own mailbox? Uluru, or formerly known as Ayers Rock. Alistair's Head, The Great Barrier Reef. Or the Sydney Opera House.
0: Hmm. Okay. I mean. Uh, I mean. Obviously, the first instinct is to go with Alice's head, but you know, I don't think <laughs> that's probably the correct answer. It's pretty here. big. It is. Uh, right. But I mean, that's why he wears a hat. No, I'm just kidding. Um. So I think it's I'm actually, gonna. Go it's actually with... a tent. Oh. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the correction. Um. It's I'm good. gonna go with the Opera House with my answer. <laughs> Ah, Ooh.
3: unfortunately, it is the Great Barrier Reef. And funnily okay. enough, you mm-hmm. can actually send the
2: Great Barrier Reef a postcard, which I didn't know. Cool. So no. Know. Hey, Dave, All I right. would have got that I would have got that one wrong yeah. as well, so don't feel too bad. Me too. Uh, okay. That's a good question. Dave, name three bands or solo artists, male or female, who've come from the country, Australia.
0: Oh, man, that's tough. Okay. I mean, obviously, I know ACDC is one. Um, let's see here. Uh, man, I'm blanking, guys. I can't think that's of really okay. any other ones. So that's tough. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna That's have all right, to, man. You have, have t- timed out have, uh, on
2: that one. Got um, one point,
1: though. Yeah, yes. got a point. Okay, exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> Moving on, Andy. <laughs> well, let's see how well you do know ACDC, my friend. Which of the following ACDC albums does not feature in their top four greatest selling albums of all time? A, Back in Black. B, Razor's Edge. C, Highway to Hell. D, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Or E, High Voltage.
0: Ooh, man. I, 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 I've heard most of, the, of those albums, um, but I think C is probably one of them I don't recognize very much. So I'm going to go with C as my answer.
1: Okay. Oh. Okay. The answer was dirty deeds done dirt cheap, which Jeez. surprisingly came that in. That is very five. surprising. Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did not know right. that one. Okay. We've
2: got to, we, Again, we've got to go. We would have got that one wrong too, Dave. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Okay. What unexpected animal does Australia export to Saudi
3: Arabia? Oh. Is it A, the platypus, B, the echidna, C, the emu, or D, the camel?
0: Oh, man. It's got to be the echidna. I mean, that's just a phenomenal name. So.
3: <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing name. <laughs> but funnily enough, Australia exports camels to Saudi Arabia.
2: What? No
1: idea. Yeah. That does not
3: make any
0: sense at all.
2: Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. All right. All
0: right. I should have known on. that was a trick question.
2: To, to the nearest 10 million, what is the population of Australia? A, 20 million. B, 30 million, C, 40 million, D, 50 million.
0: Man, the whole, wow, okay. I am I think I'm going to go with, I don't, I'd pro- it's probably not the most, uh, biggest option here because, I mean, I think that would be the go-to answer, so I'm probably going to go with 40 million. Oh,
2: you just missed it. 30? 30 million oh, people guy. here. Andy. Wow.
1: During the 1990s, there was a famous Australian children's book and subsequent cartoon called Blinky Bill. What animal was the title character Blinky Bill? Was he A, a platypus, B, a koala, C, kangaroo, or D, wombat? So
0: I know that um, koala bears sleep a lot, um, and I know that wombats do as well. So I think those are the two that are kind of in my mind, but I think I'll go with my first answer. I, I think it's the koala bear.
1: Uh, yes! yeah! oh, hey, man, oh, good nice
0: day. Huge. <laughs> good, good reasoning. Okay. Oh, yeah.
3: Here's a bit of Aussie slang for you, Dave. When an Aussie tells you he's going to bend an elbow, what is he about to do? Is it drink a beer? Is it to shake someone's hand? Is it to convince someone of a lie? Or is it visit the red light district and visit Bendana Elbolia, the ex-Russian gymnast?
0: (laughs) Wow. Why is that so specific? (laughs) So uh, the two that are in my mind is the first one drinking a beer. And the other one is like trying to get something over on somebody. So I think, yeah, I'm going to go with drink a beer because, you know, you're, you're sending your
3: elbow. So there we go. He's, He's hot yes. now, Davey. Something we hope to do with you someday soon. Man, though. this guy can Hell break yes. down a
2: question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, last, my last question for you, Dave. The capital city of which U.S. state also shares a name with a famous suburb in our city, Melbourne, and is a, uh, also shares a name with a famous team in the Australian Football League? A, Wisconsin and their capital, Madison, B, Washington, and their capital, Olympia, C, Virginia, and their capital, Richmond, or D, Oregon, and their capital, Salem?
0: I'm pretty sure it's Olympia because I think I've heard that before. So I think mm. it is, but, oh,
2: man. No, that's well, all right. It's, a it, it's Richmond and the Richmond, uh, recent really? charges okay. signee – Ben Griffiths, the punter. Ah, he he played good. for that. He played for the Richmond Tigers in the AFL. Andy, okay, are we up awesome. to our last question. Yeah,
1: Here we go. This question. is to Ty Kyle.
3: This is to Ty Kyle.
1: Oh, because okay, we're on three. Well, I've got a yeah, pretty tough one for you. Um, <laughs> what constellation is featured on the Australian flag? Is it a the Southern Lights? B Aurora Australis? C The southern cross or d the big dipper oh wow
0: okay that that's that's really hard there uh i don't really know my astrology very very well so i don't think i'm gonna get this one correct but uh i'm I'm gonna go with the one that sounded like australia
1: so let's let's do that oh
0: <laughs> it right. was the,
1: it was the Southern Cross. We do it have like a, a, a cross Southern of stars class. on okay, our cool. on our flag. We've um,
2: been pretty tough with these. We're gonna yeah. have to we're gonna have to do some uh, workshopping in the background <laughs> to make sure
1: these guests want to come back on the show. Yeah. Those, yeah, are, that's thinking, all
2: right. those can... are thinking I'm not coming on this show anymore. Hey, we, well,
1: <laughs> I mean, we probably shouldn't have tw- checked Twitter this morning and found out that there was you know research being done, and we had to <laughs> ramp ramp up the difficulty of the questions. Uh, yeah, Aurora you Australis is actually the Aurora Australis is the southern hemisphere version of your northern lights. So, oh, okay. Yeah, very cool. Sorry that threw that in for you, but yeah, uh, what three three out of nine, Jack? Three out of nine. Well done. Not okay. too bad. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, we uh we we really gave it to you. Um, you did. Well, I mean, after- I'll take that. I'll take it. Yeah, look, you you performed out of your skin for the rest of the show, so we f- we forgive you for the uh the thirty three percent strike rate on the <laughs> Aussie quiz, man. Uh, unfortunately I'll take
0: it in baseball man I'll take it (laughs) in baseball
1: yeah well that's that's it it's all about you (laughs) um so unfortunately the end of the Aussie quiz brings us to the uh the untimely end of our our show it's been an absolute blast today heaps of fun thank you so much for imparting you know various aspects of your wisdom and your story about podcasting and loving all things Chargers football um I've been Andy at tdu underscore Andy you can find me Jack
3: yeah, you can find me at tdu underscore Jack or on YouTube. Love answering comments there. Thanks, thanks again, Dave. Awesome show.
1: And Alistair, uh,
2: you can find me at tdu underscore Alistair or our uh, broader handle at tdu underscore Charges. Interact with us on Twitter. Give us a like. And David, I want to thank you deeply for the support you've given us uh, on Twitter and uh, you know on Facebook chatting. We really appreciate you, and you've really set a gold standard for podcasting and. If we can even reach half of what you've achieved with Daniel, we'll be doing really well and we kind of listen to what you do and we try to learn from you. So thanks very much for joining us, man.
0: Yeah, oh man, absolutely. that's, that's, that's v- way too kind. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's just when you have a passion for something, you, you love doing it. And you know, that's, that's what I have for podcasting and that's why it never feels like a job. It just feels like yeah. something that's natural to me. So, um, and I can see it in you guys and that's why I, I love to support other podcasts because I've been there. I've done it. Um, I know how much it takes, and I know how much inspiration can help, or even just a, you know a retweet here and there. That stuff has some power. So I'm more than happy to come on the show. I appreciate the invite, Alistair. You know, you uh, connecting with me. I, I know that we'll be able to do this again. But uh, man, it was so much fun. So
1: much fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And before we jump into our intro song, here's your opportunity. To give your show a plug. Where can we find you on social media and everything? Where can our fans who probably listen to you anyway, uh, find you and all your great content, mate?
0: Uh, absolutely. So you can find me personally on Twitter at sd. I'm talking Chargers football all the time. You might see some WWE in there from time to time too, some Padres baseball, whatever. But I am more than happy to talk about anything sports related, as long as it's kept respectful um, also, Hey, locked on LAC on Twitter. That's where you can find the lockdown chargers, Twitter account. And we're always trying to get some interaction out of the fans. We're trying to ask questions. We're trying to stimulate people in the off season because, Hey, there's not a lot going on right now, but right now we're doing shows three days a week. You know, normally you're going to find that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and once uh, training camp kicks in, we're going to go back to our normal five day a week slate where we're going to have podcasts out for you literally Monday through Friday from July all the way back through June so it's it's back to business whenever training camp kicks in but you know you're going to be able to catch our content also follow my co-host as well Dan Talk Sports he always puts out some good content on his Twitter account as well and you can find the podcast on anywhere you you know you listen to podcasts whether it's Apple Music whether it's Google Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever, or on YouTube on video as well, we That's are the best plug I've ever heard. You <laughs> yes. want it to be, so we are everywhere. Please check us out, and also definitely continue to support the Thunder Down Under podcast, man. These guys are fun, and I know they are going places. So, man, so much fun. Please support both
1: shows. Ah, oh, beautifully said, and thank you once again. Um, we look forward to the next time we can get you on, and and Daniel as well. Um, just the the love this offseason of spreading the the Chargers community and getting around to all the fans and intermingling like the the crossover show that you guys did with the director etc that was so much fun Mm. first seven guys on the screen how well you guys clicked together and we just you know we all come together when we love Chargers. so listeners out there thanks again for tuning in today jack hit the outro song we will see you next time on thunder down under Chargers
0: podcast
3: That's what I'm talking about.
0: Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. is going to be picked off at the eight-yard line by Derwin James.
2: Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Titan Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest
0: throw I've ever seen. I, I'm not